I'm reading out the New King James Version out of Matthew chapter 25 and verses 1 through 14. But again, Matthew 25 verses 1 through 14. Then the kingdoms of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took the oil in the vessels at midnight and a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet them. Then all those virgins around arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. Now, it hit me again there that the Lord hit me the first service. and This wasn't in my notes. But, but too many times that we can be like the unwise virgins and, and we depend on the Holy Ghost in, in Jason's life moving and we don't pursue God, but we hang on Jason's ponytail. Or, the, or you might ride on somebody else that is a spiritual warrior in your life. You depend on the, the Holy Ghost in them for you to get through. And that's very unwise. The wise virgins depended on the Holy Ghost to get them through. And again, I'm not saying that you can't have brothers and sisters that you look up to. I have many of them. But we need to depend on the Holy Ghost to get us through and have that direct line to him. Verse 9, but the wise answered, saying, Not least there should, or no least there should not be enough for us and you, and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourself. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour which the Son of Man was coming. And again, in this nutshell, this sermon or this word of of Scripture here, Christ is saying that we need to be working out our salvation and that we need to be continually pressing in with Him, but it's a matter of heaven and hell. And a lot of us don't want to hear that there's a hell, but there is. But there also is a heaven. And that's what these ten virgins are preparing for. And so anyway, uh, Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name. And, and Lord, we lift this word to you today. And Lord, we ask that you speak through us. Lord, I ask that you speak through me. Lord, that our ears are open because your spirit is moving everywhere. And Lord, we just need to reach out and grab it. And so Father, I ask that we do that. Father, I know that there's some things in our lives that may be distracting us today. Uh, with loved ones or whatever it may be. But, Lord, I, I, I lift those distractions to you now. And, Father, we just entrust you with all the distractions that may be going on around the room. And, Father, uh, we entrust you with them and we give them to you, Lord. And, Father, now help us to focus in on what you want to say today. In Jesus' name, amen. The point of the first one here is walking in purity. Uh, the parable is more about uh, the marriage than the wedding, meaning how we live out this life now is more important than eternity. And a lot of you might not agree with me on that, but if you're not living for God and you don't make a ten- eternity, 
then that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, one other thing that hit me today is that Giselle's preparing and Kyle's preparing for their wedding. And that wedding date, that wedding party, that wedding celebration is not until March the 1st. But they're working night and day. They're sending out invitations. They're preparing for the banquet. They're preparing for you to come. They've talked with me. We've met four times. We're going to meet more. But they're preparing themselves for the party, for the marriage ceremony. So purity, the first one, to me is very important. We need to prepare ourselves. Verse 7 talked about trimming our lamps. And and the virgins had to keep their lamps trimmed. Trim here means and represents things in our lives that need to be trimmed off so that we can receive from the Holy Spirit. Uh, I purposely, the first service, I'd lit the lamp here, and, and it was burning bright. But, but Joel can be my witness that we, it, already, it has burned out now, but we put this lamp out. This lamp started burning during worship. We didn't get it all the way out. And so I tell you today, if you think your lamp's out, which we're getting ready to talk about it later, it's not out because the Lord's always got cinders in your heart and, and it'll burn bright. Just go to him. But, but I couldn't believe this thing started burning because we had really, I knew for a fact we'd shut it off. I hope I don't turn this the wrong way, but, but it, like I did and I lost the wick. So now you see how important the wick is. Man, won't that preach? I lost the wick because I didn't take care of it. And so I can't light my lamp. So that's how important the wick is. That, I guess, is our illustration today. Uh, that, that lamp will not work until we get the wick fixed. I get it? Don't you love the Lord's humor? Thank you, Lord. But what really got me in all this is the virgins represented purity. Jesus says heaven will be like the ten virgins, meaning heaven is pure and there's no sin there. The Bible says, and you know that Jesus came to take away our sins and there is no sin in him. Anyone who continues to live in him will not sin, but anyone who keeps on sinning does not know him or understand who he is. So we see in the scripture that anyone who continues to live in Christ will try not to sin. They will try to walk in purity. They will try to keep their wicks trimmed. They will try to live for Christ. The other thing that amused me is why did Christ use the the virginity to represent purity? You know, we all know that that virginity means we're keeping ourselves pure so that we're with nobody else but the one we marry. And and that's the the example that Christ used uh, for us as a church to stay pure for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, which meaning get all the junk out of our life. And as I was thinking about that, I thought, why did he use that? Because statistics say in America that 3% of Americans wait until marriage. 3% of Americans keep themselves pure and walk in purity for their earthly husbands or wives. And And I thought, man, that is horrible. And then I got thinking, well, I'll look up the religious side of it. And in the religious circles, 
It says, quote, in highly religious groups, up to 20% wait until their marriage. Wow. Even in religious groups, only 20%. And again, I know Oakton, we're up in the 90 and 100%, aren't we? Aren't we? But that's how important it was to the Lord. And what he compared heaven is liking to the virgin that keeps themselves pure, which meaning God wants us to keep ourselves pure and to walk with him the best that we can, meaning we trim our lamps. So as I say that today, you know, there's Christians that don't, or unchristians that don't keep themselves pure. There's Christians that don't keep themselves pure, but the wise virgin does. The wise virgin sees Christ and loves Christ and presses into him and is preparing herself for him. So I don't want you to compare yourself today to non-believers or believers. I want you to compare yourself to the wise virgin that says, God, here I am. I want to serve you and you only. I thought about the second one, one that's in the news and a lot of you probably want to talk about today. And it's abortion. We, we see the stand that New York takes, you know, against the, the, the purity of life. And none of us probably like that. I'd say 100% in here are probably against what they're doing in New York and what they've passed. Virginia's made a stand, and, and if I understand right, it was, it was blocked, but, but, but it's a stand that we couldn't live with here ourselves. Then I see Iowa that made a stand that we could live with, but, but my point is here is abortion may be acceptable to the unbeliever. Abortion may even be acceptable to the believer, but abortion is not acceptable to the wise virgin. You see, the wise virgin says anyone who continues to live in, in him will not sin. The wise virgin is preparing herself for Christ. So we got to quit preparing or, or looking at everybody around us. As I started out with the guy in a fence and, and on the desert island, we got to quit looking around at everybody else and what believers are doing and non-believers are doing and start looking at what Christ is doing and what Christ is calling us to do. I believe a wise virgin would die for her child. I believe a wise virgin would give her life up for her baby because she knew where she was going. I think about King Dave or Solomon when, when two women brought a child to him that one had had her child and, and it had died and another one had had a child and it had died and they brought the baby to Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 3, and, and Solomon didn't know what to do, so he prayed for wisdom for God, and he said, get me a sword and divide it in half. And I believe the wise, which of course couldn't be a virgin having a baby, but the wise lady said, take it. The one that was her child said, take it, because she loved that, that baby more than anything else. I believe the wise virgin loves life and, and will push for that. The third thing that, that is upon my heart today is that, that suicide, but guys, I want you to hear me out on this, is high among teens and veterans. I was talking to a doctor this week, and he was talking about veterans. It's very high there. 
But what the Lord showed me that, that we may not be dealing with that here, but what we're dealing with is people quitting the Spirit. And I don't mean quitting and leaving here. I don't mean quitting and, and, and not doing anything with church. I just mean saying, God, I'm not done anymore. I'm up to here. I, I don't want to do anything. I'm just going to sit in the pew on Sunday morning. I just don't want to do anything. I don't have any fight. I'm tired of what's going on in the Methodist system. I'm tired of what's going on in this country. I'm tired of what's going on everywhere. I'm just going to go to church on Sunday and be with you on Monday and not worry about anybody else. And we began to quit and commit spiritual suicide and I think that's something that we need to be afraid of and fear today is that we don't quit and and commit spiritual suicide that we press in to him you see many people may have taken their lives or or around us or or have given up and quit Uh, many believers may have done that many unbelievers may have done that but this is not acceptable to the wise virgin Anyone who continues to love Christ will not sin. They will press into Him. And when we press into Him, He's going to put things on our plate. He's going to go say, hey man, go minister to Brother Harvey. He's going to say, hey man, go witness to Julie Compton. He's going to put you out there and you're going to be spiritually alive and you're going to be spiritually winning people to Jesus Christ. But then there's just a few that the Lord has put upon my heart today. But what are the impurities in our life that we need to trim out of our lives? You know, lots of people are doing the same things we're doing. You know, we, we justify that lots of believers are doing the same thing we're doing. But is the wise virgin doing what you're doing? Because a wise virgin hates sin and will not participate in sin. A wise virgin avoids sin because she's preparing herself for her husband. You following me today? Her focus is on the wedding. Just like I started that Giselle and Kyle's focus is on the wedding day. They're preparing themselves for that day. They're opening up their hearts for that day. The thing that blessed me is that you can read out of Ephesians 5, 25 through 7 that talks about how Christ loves us and compares the marriage with us. But he says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. That's what Christ wants to do. So he didn't leave the ten virgins out there by themselves. Christ didn't leave us by ourselves. Christ has given us the word of God to, to help us along and he's washing us and cleansing us. In other words, you may have done and be participated. You know, you may have even had an abortion in here today. You may have tried to commit suicide here today. You may have done many of these things that we're talking about here today. But when we go to Christ, we can say, Father, forgive me. And he washes you white as snow. That's what always blesses me is if you're here today and you're not a virgin in this world's eyes and and you accept Christ and you ask for forgiveness, you're now a virgin in Christ's eyes and he looks at you as a virgin. 
And we need to always remember that, that Christ came. He gave his life to purify us, to see us holy, without spot or blemish. And so that tells me that we need again to press in and be more like these wise virgins. Point two, light shine. Let your light shine. The ten virgins who took their lamps and went out. In verse one, ten virgins who took their lamps and went out. Jesus said, while I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world, John 9, 5. But also, Jesus said to his followers, you are the light of the world. So when Christ went to the cross, he said to you that you're the light of the world and and you're the one that's going to win these people to Christ, to me. The ten virgins carried lanterns representing the light of this world. This is a beautiful image of those pure in their faith, filled with expectancy, acting in obedience to the Lord's commands to be the light of the world. That's why I started out today. Do you see it? You know, do you see it? You know, the, the ladies with the lamps, you can see the ones that the lamps are burning, but do you see that you're the light of the world and that, that God wants you to take that out, to use your faith, that pure faith, with expectancy and obedience moving out and winning this world to Jesus Christ. In Jesus' absence, he wants us to carry God's light. In a little bit, I'm going to share a scripture. I may skip over it, but it'll be on the board there. But it talked about that Jesus said that he needed to go away so the Holy Spirit could come. You see, Jesus could only minister to those when he was in the flesh to those that are around him. But when he left, the Holy Spirit could come and he could minister to everyone in this room. So when I'm off by myself in Liberia, Christ can be ministering to me through his Holy Spirit. When you're in Africa over here, in other words, all of us could be somewhere different in the whole world and Christ's Holy Spirit can minister to you wherever you're at and help you to be that light of the world. So in Jesus' absence, by his Holy Spirit, point three we're going to talk about in a minute, we carry this light into the darkened world. But it's evidence of a new day that's coming. It's for people that are trapped in darkness and depression and disobedience. We may be the only light that they see. And the light that we carry is not our own. It comes from the Spirit, and He has given it to us. Our mission at Oakton, and it always will be, oh, is go save disciples' sin. But Matthew 28, and we use Mark 16 to talk about it. But Matthew 28, and Jesus came out and said to them, All authority has been given to you. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given To me, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the earth. Jesus had that authority, and he gives that authority to you. Go, save, disciple, sin. Cecily, can I embarrass you a little bit today? Sure. She said, great. I like her. She's me and her getting to be good buds. 
But she came to church a few months back, and, and she's going to get baptized February 24th. And, and again, we've, yeah, give the Lord praise if you want. But again, I remind you, we've had a hundred and some saved this year, and, and I'd like to see the 90 some that haven't been saved or baptized, excuse me, do that. But, but anyway, what blessed me in meeting with her and talking to her about what God's done in her life is, is that Lauren Compton, Lauren's not here today, but Lauren Compton is a senior in high school and you're eighth grade right now, correct? But, but she decided to just invest a little bit in her and, and invited her to church. And Lauren invited her to Wednesday night youth, and I believe it was the night they had the, uh, the uh, uh, bonfire, and, and she's shaking her head, so I got the right night, and they had the bonfire, and Amy preached, and she gave her life to Lord, or, and, and just said, it's, it's here, it's for me. And, and then a few weeks later, the Lord, she thinks, in an audible voice, spoke to her, like I'm talking, you need to be baptized, and I believe the Lord can do that. And she's shaking her head now. The Lord speaks to us. And she's going to be baptized. And that's why she called me. And we started meeting to talk about what God's done in her life. And it always tickles me. Is she's probably better connected to God than I am. Because she believes that childlike faith. And as we get older, we seem to, to quit believing like we can. And we let this world eat us our lunch and we get to be in the focus on the world and the set of focusing on Christ. And I pray every day for a childlike faith like she has. And anyway, but what blessed me is you guys know that when we do the vows, we ask people to come up around us and she asked if it could be Lauren. Wow. Wow. Is that not being the light of the world? And I'm sure that Lauren didn't do anything big and dramatic. And I don't know what she did. But all I know is she let her light shine. And a girl got saved and is baptized and is hearing from the Lord in eighth grade like never before. And it's moved her mother and her father over there. I'm trying not to embarrass you, but you're already crying, aren't you? Yeah, I knew it. Uh, I saw her doing this already because it's touching their lives. And it's moving their lives. Guys, let's quit looking behind and start looking ahead. You know, we just think that, I was talking to some of you the other day, we think that we know everybody in Lamar and where they're at. You know, that's that Mac, he goes to Oakton. That's, that's you know, Mayberries, they go to Oakton. We just think we know everything about people. But we really don't know where they're at. And we need to be a light wherever we're at and, and be ministering the gospel. Joe Meadows and I were getting some prices on some flooring in here where the, the trustees is, is looking to do carpet or concrete or whatever, or whatever your opinions are, we're looking into them. And, and John, and, and to give me permission, and we're getting some prices and different things. And, and anyway, the guy that come up, the Lord just kept working him. And, 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 and I thought, man, this guy's a great guy, but there's something here. And finally, I said, where do you go to church at? And he told me. And, 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 but but what, but the thing that the Lord was fishing for, he's getting me to fish for, is he just got back from Springfield with his wife that's got something going on in her life. And if we wouldn't open that door up 
of letting our light shine and not being shy of who we are in Christ, we wouldn't have known that. Yeah, he's a believer, but now we can stand with him for his wife's healing. You with me today? That's what we're talking about here today. Our faith, we need to let our light shine. And we do that by telling them about Christ's love, John three sixteen. About there's no condemnation. Christ didn't come to condemn, John three seventeen. That 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 if they repent, confess their sins, that no matter what you've done in here, it's forgivable. And I don't care what it is, Christ will forgive it and forget it. Now, believers may not, unbelievers may not, but Christ does, and that's all that matters. And he'll forgive you, and you're a virgin in his eyes. You're clean, you're white as snow. But we just need to confess our sins, and then we need to confess him. Romans 10, 9, 10, if we confess him before men, that seals the deal. And that's what Cecily, she's already doing it. She's already doing it out inside, but she's going to come before you February the 24th and confess him. But we need to be that light to the world. And guys, I reiterate today, your light's not out. If you're here today and you're saying your light's out, it's not out. The devil's just telling you that. You you just need to fix your wick. Is that going? Oh, you need to fix your wick. Man, I was getting ready to jump for joy. I thought I saw fire coming out of there. And, and, and I, man, God did a miracle. Man, if that had happened, the church would be full next week. But if you start believing in Christ like we could, this church would be full next week. Remember the squirrel that went through the church? They thought it was the Holy Ghost, that old country song. Maybe we need to turn a squirrel loose in the church and, and so we get fired up and start telling people about Christ. Man, where does the time go? The point three, the power. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. The oil represents the Holy Spirit in verse three and throughout that passage. And actually, uh, Jesus spoke of the oil that enabled the lamps to burn. Throughout the scripture, oil is one of the symbols of the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised that he would not leave us alone. While he is away, he provides his Holy Spirit to comfort and empower his disciples. And I just quoted Billy Graham there. And so that confirms everything I've been telling you that the Holy Spirit does because we all believe Billy Graham, you know, but it's also the Word of God. We see that this oil here that Christ himself in Luke 4.1 was full of the Holy Ghost. We see that, that Christ says, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is going to ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. That helper is the Holy Spirit, John fourteen sixteen. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I have said to you, John fourteen twenty six. The Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what to say. And that's something we need to realize, but I can't, I can't, I can't. Just open your mouth and the Holy Spirit's going to speak through you. Jesus said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, then the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And that's what I was talking about earlier. 
By the anointing, the Holy Ghost, which you have received from him who abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing the Holy Spirit teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. The Holy Ghost is with you. The Holy Spirit is with you. I got this last week when I was preaching somewhere. It wasn't here, I don't think, is why I wanted to share it. But, but the Lord hit me again, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. If he hadn't given us a spirit of fear, you turn that to what that scripture said, he's given you the Holy Ghost of power, he gives you the love you need, and he gives you the sound mind you need. That's the spiritual gifts of the Holy Ghost. On January 22nd, the Lord spoke to me, and it had been a, man, I'd had a Holy Ghost day, man. Everything had gone great, went great, and I was just eating things up. And, and anyway, the Lord told me to, to go outside. It was about 6.30, and I'd already queued a show that I wanted to watch, uh, Last Man Standing. I get a kick out of it sometimes. And I'd queued it up, and, and I got my dinner plate, and I was all ready to go, you know. And the Lord spoke to me, said, I want to talk to you. And I'm like, oh, God. Do we ever do that? I want to talk to you. And God's talking to you. And you say, oh, God, do you have to now? I want to watch Last Man Standing. But, but I, I went in, sat down, and started watching it. But I couldn't get God off my mind. And about 20 minutes in, I said, God, does that, that invitation still stand? And it was cold. That was when it was six degrees or whatever outside. And I pulled up, and I went outside, and and really nothing happened other than I got down by the bridge and the, the wind blowing through the trees. I thought somebody spoke something to me to the point where I turned around. But it was just some wind blowing the trees together and making noise, you know. And, and I walked up around the church and did the spiritual thing. I walked around the church and acted all, you know, did some of this. Especially when the cars go by, you know. And, and stop on the road sometimes and do it. It works. And, but anyway, went around the cemetery and, you know, was doing all the right things. But really nothing, you know. And. And I got back in the house, and I told Karen, well, you know, I guess that, that I didn't hear. Lord didn't have nothing to say. And he spoke again and said, maybe you didn't wait long enough. <laughs> so I put my clothes back on, went back outside, and same deal. But what I kept noticing is when I would get around the trees, and I kept hearing it, it sounded like somebody was talking to me. But it was the wind blowing in the trees. And when I got over by Granny Diggs Cemetery, or where her plot is over there, and that fir tree there, I heard it again, but the Lord spoke to me, and he goes, you can't see the Holy Spirit, but you can see it through the trees tonight, and you can hear it. In other words, I'm out here. And then it reminded me, because you always want to back up. That's what I was telling Cecily. When we, we think we're hearing the Lord's voice, we need to make sure it lines up with the Word. And the Scripture immediately went through me, that, to me about the, that you can see the wind going across the barley field, but you can't see it. Well, the Holy Spirit's moving all the time, and maybe we can't see it. And the Lord said, it's time to open our spiritual eyes because I'm moving all the time. And the Lord began to dump in me, and he began to speak in me, and it was another time of a great movement in the Lord that, that, that I thought I had all I needed that day. And it was a great time in the Lord. And so I just began to record the rest of the week, you know, and of things that, that went on in my life and 
And I'm just going to start with last Sunday night. I, I started here last Sunday at, at 5.30 in the morning and got up and came and heard Giselle speak. I went down, heard Pastor Embar speak. Then I spoke at Oakton, Carthage. Then I came back here for a trustee meeting from 1 to 3.30. And then I, I had a, a conference meeting with somebody immediately after that, which butted up against our young adult meeting. I didn't want them to smell me, so I went home and took a shower and then went late to the meeting. And, and then, man... Lucas Compton brought it at this meeting. Oh, him and, and his wife, they brought it. Oh, man, this is good. And then it can't get any better. Taylor and Brooke finish up in prayer, and they got all these prayer requests, and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to remember them, and they're going to ask me to do it because there's a bunch of them. And they go, Taylor, it's your house. Would you pray? And I'm like, praise God. <laughs> and, and Taylor began to pray. First Peter so-and-so says this, Lord. This scripture says this, Lord. And he quoted scripture as he began to pray over every prayer request that we had and did a blowout job. And I know he does that with his wife, and I know that they're doing the word together, but I also know that the, what they learned, they learned as they're teaching a Sunday school on Sunday morning and how they're encouraged by other people on Sunday morning. And man, I was just on cloud nine. But when Tuesday rolled in and Tuesday was kind of a rough day, and, and it just wasn't one of those better days, and, and I was struggling, and I go home, and I'm pouting around, and, and I pop on a TV show, and Karen goes, why do you watch that? What good does that do? And, and you're upset. Why do you do that? And I try to hide what I do, try to hide away from life a little bit. And anyway, the Lord convicted me, go to turn on the religious channel. And Dr. David Jeremiah was speaking, and man, it was like he was speaking directly to me. I couldn't believe that it was like exactly what I was going through. And the Holy Spirit began to minister to me. And, and long story short, I bought his book and, and I started reading it. And I read three or four chapters that night. But something he said that really stuck with me, and I wasn't sure it was the Holy Ghost. And again, you pray about what people say. But he said, read five Psalms and a Proverbs a day and you'll get through both books in a month. And keep doing that until you're, you're just past it. And, 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 and I thought, well, I don't, I'm already doing all this other. Do I need to do more? Next day, I go to an appointment. They have a Bible laying there waiting on everybody. I reached over, grabbed the Bible, wasn't even looking at it, opened it up with one hand, wasn't even holding it properly, looked up, and it's Psalms chapter 1. So I've been doing that. Awesome time in the Lord doing that. Can go on Thursday or Wednesday night. We didn't have church. But I told you I'd never close the doors, and I came out in 19 or 20 that could get out and wanted to come out. And again, not trying to guilt anybody if you could come. That was fine. But, man, did we not have a prayer time. Awesome. Thursday morning, I'm greeted by Norma, and she gives me this word, and she gave me permission to use it. But she said, kid, it was like I was in a, in a, in a big choir whatever but the holy ghost yelled out applause 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 you are not cursed you are not losing you are blessed you are changing and becoming and man that just built me up that the lord is with us and what was neat is that morning and again i'm not a tom brady fan but but i just watched a commercial with tom brady and he got up in front, and, and he was addressing the patriot haters. And he said, we're still here. We're still here. We're still here. And he threw that microphone down, and he walked off. And, and that hit me. And I stood up, and I said to Satan, 
We're still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. We're not cursed. We're not losing. We're blessed. We're changing and becoming. And that's what I would say to you today. I would say to you today that, that hey, applause, 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 applause. Christ's with you. You're not cursed. You're not all these bad things. You're blessed. And the Lord is working in you, and you're becoming what he wants you to be. And you need to be celebrating. And again, confirming what is going on in the kingdom, forgetting what's behind, and begin to look what's ahead, and seeing what God wants to do. But I know there's people in here in the battle, and that's why I would share it with you today. I would share with you those that are fighting and feel like you're all alone. I would tell you to stand up and speak to Satan. I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm not cursed. And I'm not losing. But I'm blessed. And I'm changing and becoming what God's called me to be, whether you like it or not. And I believe that's a word from the Lord today. And that's the way I'm going to close it out today. And I ask the praise team to come forward. As they're coming forward, Friday I started and, and, and really got serious. I'd been doing the Psalms and the Proverbs. But Friday, man, I read 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, and then Proverbs 4. And it all, oh, it moved me. So a lot of times when I, a lot of you have sent this stuff by text, I hope you don't think I'm picking on you. It ministered to me and I'm trying to minister the same to you because I care about you and, uh, and I love you. And I want to see God bring you through just like he's bringing all of us through because we're in this together. But I say this as a praise team's preparing. Don't be scared of the Holy Spirit. I think a lot of us are scared of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's like I was teaching Cecily that, that you just need to line it up with the Word. And if it lines up with the Word, go with it. But the Holy Spirit, it freaks us out. And I was reading the statistics this week. I like to read them. I don't know if it's Barn or Pew or which one it was. But it said not, 49% of Pentecostal believers do not operate in the gift of tongues. I consider us Pentecostal in the way we believe. If you go read in your power gifts and the things that are in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14, tongues is a very important gift. But it's saying 49% of those claiming to be spirit-filled do not operate in it. Why do we fear the move of the Holy Spirit? If it lines up with the word, why do we fear? And I'm just using that as one example but God has called us to trim our wicks. God has called us to light our candles and be the light into the world. And God has given us the power of his Holy Ghost to accomplish that. And if you're only letting him operate 20% in your life, 30%, 40%, 50%, man, you're struggling. But if you're letting him operate in your 100% in your life, you're like the five wise virgins. Remember the five unwise virgins? They went to hell because they had no oil, which represents the Holy Spirit. They couldn't make it without the Holy Spirit. They couldn't live the purified life without the Holy Spirit. 
They couldn't be the man and woman of faith without the Holy Spirit. Their lamps were empty and they burnt out. We needed all or none. A lot of the people would say, well, just, you know, just take it by steps. I don't care how you get there, but give in to it. But I'd say dive in if it's you, me. But that's the call today. God's called us to look forward and not look back. God's taught us to do, walk in purity. And again, remember the point today. I don't care what the unbelievers are doing, and I don't care what believers are doing if it's, if it's sin. You be the wise virgin. Because there was five unwise that didn't listen, and that's a sin. They didn't obey. You follow me today? If you're not saved here today, come get saved. That's key. But we'll walk in purity like the five good virgins. We'll walk in light like the five good virgins. And we'll walk in the power like the five good virgins.